This is the Public Record Podcast, a public service of the Public Record, the business news weekly for the Palm Springs Coachella Valley. I'm managing editor Ken Allen. This is a special one-on-one podcast to talk about unique selling propositions. In our last one-on-one podcast, we covered some ideas on how to use social connections as a value add to attract new customers to your business and create goodwill. In this episode, I thought we'd take a look at some other ways you can differentiate your product or service in the marketplace. You know, we all have access to the same technology, products, and services as our competitors, so very often the only way we can differentiate ourselves is to offer a lower price. But, as we all know too well, that can become a slippery slope to a business that can't charge enough to cover the overhead. It's also too easy for well-funded competitors to starve the competition out of business. Happily, there are many ways to differentiate your business that don't require an expensive marketing effort or extraordinary costs. One way to differentiate your business might be changing up your business hours. Ever wonder how 7-Eleven convenience stores got their name? In 1946, a chain of convenience stores called Totem changed their name to 7-Eleven to reflect their extended hours of operation from 7 a.m. to 11 p.m. So imagine what a credit union or a bank might do with extended weekday hours or even weekends. Many people shop for cars on weekends, and the fact that bank loan offices are closed open the door for auto dealers to offer financing themselves. Isn't it interesting that customary retail store hours haven't changed much, even as the realities of work and family life have evolved rather dramatically over the last 30 years? The days of the stay-at-home homemaker who could shop during those traditional retail hours vanished decades ago. This is one reason why online shopping has grown so popular. Two adults who work from 8 to 5 p.m. simply can't take two or three hours off work to drive to a shopping center and make their purchases and take them home. Now, I know what you're thinking. You don't want to change your business hours because you think it would be hard to staff. It could be, but you might find there's a part-time workforce who would welcome work outside of traditional 8 to 5 working hours so they could earn a little extra money on the side. Let's look at business hours from the customer's point of view. You're a customer yourself. What kinds of services would you like to have access to that don't interfere with your work? Ask any hospital emergency room coordinator how many non-emergency cases they see on Saturdays and Sundays simply because working adults can't get to see a primary care physician during weekday business hours. This is an expensive convenience because a routine doctor's office visit is in the $60 to $120 range, while an ER visit probably starts at around $800. If you're an independent auto mechanic, there's a time void to be filled with Sunday appointments. Curiously, you can buy a new car at a dealership on Sunday, but you can't get it fixed. Let's talk about easy quotations. Many consumers may have an interest in a product, but are afraid to ask for a quote that might entangle them with an aggressive salesperson. Probably the best-known example is going to an auto dealership to buy a car. Another good example is insurance quotes. Every time our premium comes due, we should be getting quotes from competitors. But few of us do because you have to deal with live salespeople. 
Now, there are plenty of lead generation websites that will ask for your basic information, but they won't give you a quote online. You have to agree to take a sales call from as many as six salespeople, each one wanting to take 20 minutes of your time out of the middle of your busy workday. You should be able to scan your existing overview page. This is called a deck page. Deck is short for declarations. Email it to several agents and get a quote with no phone conversation required. The reason you want to send your existing coverage is so that you can compare apples to apples. You can always make alterations to your deductibles or coverage once you have this as a starting point. Now, I know sales managers saying, oh, we've got to get them on the phone and grab them by the jugular, but that is deterring so many people from applying in the first place that you're missing out on an opportunity to get a lot of new business. And think about how much money insurance companies spend on advertising. It's interesting that at the same time they're spending all that money, they're imposing high barriers to purchase. Are you seeing a pattern to these opportunities for unique selling propositions? We're finding and filling voids in the marketplace. Let's talk about food. There's a growing interest in healthy eating, particularly meatless, plant-based alternatives. Now, hamburger chains are doing a brisk business in burgers with meat substitutes. But few restaurants offer much in the way of vegetarian fare. If they do, it's more like an afterthought, like a plate of steamed vegetables rather than a signature dish. The world is waiting for a breakout meatless sandwich to compete with a Big Mac. I want to give a high five to a man named Gordon Logan, who in the early 1990s recognized the void in the men's and boys' haircut market. He created sports clips, with the first store opening in Austin, Texas in 1993. Today, there are over 1,800 franchises in the U.S. and Canada. So what's so special about sports clips' haircuts? Well, for the most part, the stores look like an ordinary barber shop but the decor has been enhanced to look like a men's locker room. There are TV sets everywhere, so the patrons can watch sports. They offer several upgrades to the basic haircut for a shampoo and neck massage. More recently, you can make an appointment with your cell phone and see how long the wait is at your store location. The term destination retail has been around for decades, but we'd be hard-pressed to make a short list of retail outlets that really fit this description. Topping my list would be furniture retailer Ikea. The store, or showroom as they would call it, is a maze-like affair that presents products in scenes of how they would appear in your home. In a word, the presentation is brilliant. It's like going to a well-designed museum or a walk-through Disney attraction. Now, Ikea isn't the kind of place you run in, grab something, then run out. It's an event. It's an experience. If you're in retail, you need to check out what IKEA is doing to see what destination retail is all about. Second on my list, but far removed from IKEA, would be Bass Pro Shops. These sporting and outdoor equipment stores succeed mostly on their unique merchandise and comprehensive inventory. But they have many nice touches that give customers the experience of being in a rural, outdoorsy environment while actually being indoors. There are streams and glass elevators. There's lots of wood and pine trees. But most of all, these stores are big. There's lots of open space with high ceilings. Honorable mentions for retailers with interesting retail environments would include the Disney Store, 
Hollister, and Apple. Unfortunately, Disney has downsized from about 200 stores to about 60 due to the decline in retail store traffic. I've also seen a few pop-up Halloween and Christmas decoration stores that make good use of their stock to create an environmental experience for shoppers. Some points of difference can be quite subtle, such as easy parking. Early in my career, I served a few years as an automobile claims adjuster. About 90% of my cases were parking lot accidents. And in my experiences as a retail consumer, that percentage correlates pretty well with a number of poorly designed parking lots. Of course, there are many considerations when you choose a location for your store or office, but do give some serious consideration to parking. I like parking lots with multiple points of egress. I know one strip mall that has only two entrances, and one is nearly always clogged with cars in line for a gas station. There's a local casino that has no point of exit to return to the city. All traffic is routed to the freeway as if all of their customers came from Los Angeles. Avoid parking lots with speed bumps, excessive landscaping, and other obstacles. Cars were not designed to be driven backwards. Ideal parking lots let you drive forward into a space so that you can pull out without having to back out. If you're in a sedan parked between two SUVs, you're pulling out with a blindfold on. I've seen so many accidents like this as an adjuster. In my long career working for advertising agencies, the most universal point of difference offered by our clients was their claim to superior customer service. Well, that's all good if you can actually pull it off. But this requires rigorous staff training, regular monitoring, and coordination with your marketing efforts. Recently, I went out to update my eyeglass prescription. I took a referral from my vision plan, and these vision plans are more lead generation systems than insurance. So some optometry clinics pay a premium to get a preferred listing. So I chose one of those preferred partners, walked into the office. The optometrist was standing there in the lobby. Clearly not a very busy practice. He gave me a pleasant greeting and said the receptionist would be right out to help me. He remained standing there as the receptionist came out and sat down. I explained I was referred by my vision plan and would like to get a quote on the exam and the glasses. She told me she couldn't give me a quote. I'd have to make an appointment and pay whatever the plan didn't pay. Now, having used this plan for many years, I knew that simply wasn't the case. So I said, okay, and thank you, and left. The next optometry clinic I stopped at got my coverage information from the plan and gave me a firm quote for services. Now let's recap on the first clinic. They weren't very busy if the doctor was standing around on the lobby. They'd paid a premium to be listed with the vision plan as a preferred provider. And being a preferred provider, surely the receptionist knew how to access plan coverages. Let's hope that after I left, the doctor asked the receptionist what happened. Another common consumer service disconnect occurs when customer-facing staff aren't kept informed of marketing promotions. This happens all the time. I decided to try a smartphone app of a well-known fast food restaurant chain, one of the big ones. I pre-ordered my meal, paid for it, then went to pick it up. But the restaurant had no order. Something in their system wasn't working. Ironically, there was a prominent sign right on the drive through window promoting the order and pay ahead using the app. I ended up having to order again and pay cash, then seek a refund from the app. 
Needless to say, I took the app off my phone. There's a well-known clothing retailer who has a dizzying array of promotions going on at any given time. On several occasions, I've tried to use their discount coupons, only to be told they'd expired or weren't active yet. The result? I no longer shop at those stores. Advertising is expensive, so be sure you're not spending good money chasing your customers away. I stopped in at a local camera store a few months ago, credit card in hand, ready to buy a new high-end camera. There was no one else in the store, but I could barely get either of the two counter clerks to wait on me. Clearly, these are not commissioned salespeople. Now, the camera I wanted is a major brand and still in production, but not their most recent and most popular model. Oh, we don't stock that anymore, the clerk finally said. I waited a moment, expecting him to say they could order it for me, but nothing further was said. I went home and ordered the camera online. Now, let me not leave you with the impression that bad service seems to follow me around. My chiropractor retired a while back, so I had to go find a new one. I picked one at random from an online listing, and the one I selected I chose because they were open seven days a week. There wasn't anything special about the check-in process, but it was friendly and efficient. The receptionist took me back to the exam room, but the doctor was outstanding. He listened, asked good questions, then quickly administered treatment. The session ended with 30 minutes of complimentary physical therapy, a home run. Not only will I go back, but I would give them a strong recommendation, which is how most people get referred to a healthcare provider. Now, here's something interesting to think about. Premium customer service for a fee. Last month, Best Buy announced a $200 annual subscription to its tech support service that gives you phone support, extended warranties, and primary access to hard-to-find products. It's sort of a variation on Amazon Prime or Apple Care for those in those ecosystems. We talked about sports clips a little while ago, so here again is another example of catering to customers who are willing to pay extra for special treatment. Disneyland in Anaheim has always offered a private dining club to businesses called Club 33. But businesses can be on the waiting list for years, years before they are offered membership, which I'm told includes a five-figure annual fee plus a one-time initiation fee that's about two and a half times the annual fee. Membership is not transferable, so you'll want to keep up your subscription. If you're a professional firm based in Orange County that wants to impress its clients, it would be hard to beat Club 33. The club is in New Orleans Square, near the Blue Bayou, and the Pirates of the Caribbean ride. Let's talk about value add in healthcare. Oh my goodness, so many missed opportunities in these fields. Given how hard it is to book an appointment with a regular doctor, we might conclude there's so much demand, there's no need to advertise. But our newspapers, magazines, television stations, and websites all suggest otherwise. One thing that's changed dramatically in the past 10 years is patients can no longer be certain what they'll end up paying for procedures, and the fear of the unknown deters them from seeking treatment. A few years back, I had a small cyst removed from my arm. The surgery was just $150, and the doctor told me in advance what it would cost. So far, so good. But then the doctor wanted to send that sample in for a biopsy. How much could a little lab test cost? $800. Remember, the surgery was $150, but the biopsy was $800. 
I took my breath away. If I had known, I would have declined to have it tested. And my insurance wouldn't cover it because I have one of those fancy high-deductible plans. Now, about 15 years back, I had a similar kind of surgery on my foot. The surgeon got a pre-approval from the insurance carrier, and I don't think there was any out-of-pocket expense to me. If there was, it was no more than a $20 copay. Starting in January 2021, a new California law will make it impossible for consumers to shop for the lowest price on their prescriptions. Yes, you heard me right. Your doctor will make you pick a pharmacy and just transmit your prescription electronically. They won't be allowed to give you a written prescription. Up to now, I've always insisted that doctors write out the prescription. Then I look at GoodRx.com to find the lowest price. GoodRx also adds another layer of discounts. So let's take a popular generic statin drug used to treat high cholesterol. One brand name pharmacy charges $21.15. But the lowest price on GoodRx charges $9.90. That's less than half the price. And remember, that's a monthly expense, so this adds up quickly. So how can a clinic provide a value add to their patients? Well, you have to comply with the law. So go ahead and let the patient name a preferred pharmacy. But once the doctor has made a prescription, have the front desk staff do a quick lookup on GoodRx and then say, Mr. or Ms. Patient, your preferred pharmacy charges $21.15 for this prescription, and I can see you can get it for $9.90 at this other one. Would you like me to send your order there? Looking up a drug on GoodRx and giving the patient that option takes no more than 90 seconds. At minimum, look up the drug and print out the GoodRx price and hand it to the patient. That takes even less time. Do you let customers pay using mobile payment solutions like Apple or Google Pay? That's a point of difference worth mentioning in your advertising. Speaking as a consumer, I used to get my credit card numbers stolen on average about once a year most likely by skimmers at gas pumps. Since I switched to using Apple Pay about two years ago, I haven't had any more problems. You see, these mobile payment systems are much more secure than credit cards because each transaction is assigned its own number that can't be reused, even if it's intercepted by hackers. If you're using a major merchant account system, mobile payments should be part of your standard package. If your vendor doesn't offer mobile payments, I can recommend Squarespace for small merchants. And believe me now, I avoid merchants who don't support Apple Pay because of the high security risk of conventional credit and debit cards. In a short podcast, we only have time to scratch the surface of the value adds that you might bring to your business. So in the time we have left, let me give you some resources for further research. First, don't be afraid to talk to your customers. Don't rely on customer-facing staff to do this for you. Many years ago, I moderated several focus groups for a small community bank who was wondering why it had lost its auto loan business to captive finance companies at auto dealers. And I remember one consumer saying something like, you have to have the green stuff when you're buying a car meaning he felt the strongest bargaining tool was to have cash in hand. This led this bank to start promoting pre-approval for auto loans. Later, this idea caught on with other banks and credit unions. Another thing to explore with your customers is to identify any barriers they encountered in making a purchase. Were they caught in an automated phone loop? Did they have to wait a month to schedule an appointment? 
Did they want to avoid talking to a salesperson? Is your parking lot hard to get in and out of? You're going to get some very interesting insight from these responses. If you have a PR or marketing agency on retainer, engage them in product development. Don't wait until you have a program and just want them to do your ads and press releases. That's like going to the doctor and asking for a prescription based on your own self-diagnosis. Have you ever gone through the process of buying your own product or service? Now, you may not be able to do this because the staff might give the boss superior customer service, but this is something you can ask your PR or advertising agency to do for you. It's often called a mystery shopper service. If your business does any marketing using events, professional meeting planners are another resource to tap. Now, what if you're a small business and can't afford a PR or ad agency and retainer? Well, there are plenty of PR and marketing consultants who will work with you on an hourly consulting or project-based fee. When you have a legal or accounting issue, you know it's cost-effective to consult an expert, so you should expect the same value from a communications consultant. The Public Record would like to hear your success stories. Get in touch by email at editor at desertpublicrecord.com. That's editor at desertpublicrecord.com. The Public Record Podcast is a public service of The Public Record, the business news weekly for the Palm Springs, Coachella Valley, and surrounding counties of Riverside and San Bernardino. Please share this podcast with your friends, and don't forget to click the subscribe button. I'm Managing Editor Ken Allen. Thanks for listening.